Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington Church of Christ. I hope this will inspire you and help you grow in your faith as we see God move through His Word. Please stay tuned after to hear more about how you can help partner with us. Enjoy the message. We love to celebrate, don't we? I mean, as a, as a people, we love to celebrate different things. And I got to tell you, there's no time that proves that out nearly as much as October. Because October is awareness of everything month, right? It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is important. It's, it's uh, Bullying Awareness Month, which, which I think there shouldn't be bullying. We should be aware of bullying. It's, it's uh, Awareness of Breakfast Month, which for me is every day. I'm always aware that it's breakfast time. Listen, it, the reality is that we love to celebrate, and the reason we love to celebrate is because we celebrate things we want to remember. We celebrate things we want to come back to, we want to be aware of. So we celebrate things that are important to us as people. Sometimes we do this in big ways, sometimes we do it in small ways, sometimes it's, it's a big celebration, sometimes it's a very personal celebration. My wife loves to celebrate everything. And we do. We have a special plate when it's your special day that you get to use for whatever meal you want to have your, your special day celebrated on. And you get to pick which meal you want to have your special day celebrated on. Of course, it's a little difficult when you're celebrating two people's birthday on the same day because um, they have to decide. The twins that I have have to decide between which birthday they're going to sell, who gets the plate first. They they don't usually fight about it, but it's a discussion. Or they both were baptized on the same day, and we celebrate their baptisms every year. We celebrate our anniversary every year. We celebrate the anniversary of when we were engaged every year. We celebrate the anniversary of when we first started dating every year. So gentlemen, if you don't remember your anniversary, try being me. We do not celebrate Valentine's Day because our anniversary is a week after it. So we celebrate Sweetest Day, which I never even heard of till I moved to Ohio. What the heck is Swedish Day? Why are we celebrating the Swedes anyways? Once I realized what it was, I went, oh, I'm supposed to do like Valentine's Day things. I forgot. It was this weekend, if you forgot. But as a people, we celebrate everything. I, I personally have some celebrations. You may have some. Um, in fact, one I do that I've done for uh, probably about 25 years now. There was a time when I was leading worship, or I was preparing to lead worship in a church, and we were singing to God that old hymn, that I, chorus that I just love, we are standing on holy ground. And it hit me that every time we gather together, if we believe God is present with us, then this ground is holy. So I took my shoes off. Made somebody mad. So I've been taking them off ever since. I'm not celebrating them getting mad. But I do want to make a point. This is holy ground. And for me, anytime God allows me to step into this place and allows me by his spirit to speak his word, it's not mine. And prayerfully, hopefully, overcomes me so that he can speak to you, and that's holy for me. So for those of you who wonder why I take my shoes off, that's why. 
In fact, now, even as I speak in um, schools and I speak in corporate corporations and I speak in different leadership opportunities, whenever I speak, I'm still speaking the truth of Jesus, whether they know it or not. So I take my shoes off. So I've become known as the barefoot preacher around town, but that URL was taken, so I'm the barefoot speaker online um, because that didn't work. But we love to celebrate, and we celebrate in big ways, we celebrate in small ways. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't know, this month, October, is Pastor's Appreciation Month. Please hear me. This is the month when you should take time to especially celebrate your pastors, all of them. Celebrate Dale, celebrate Nick, celebrate Tony, celebrate Bill, celebrate Tony Jenkins, celebrate Anybody who works in this building and does work for us as a church and is here day in and day out making sure that everything is moving so that we can minister to the world and we can do what we need to do to bring the world to Jesus, you need to celebrate them this month. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. Now, Dale's not with us today. That's why I get to be up here, which I'm trying to not celebrate too much that he's not here. But I love when I get to preach. But it's also his birthday. So he's going to hate that I told you it's his birthday because he hates everybody knowing it. But it's his birthday. So this week, I encourage everybody in the church to take time to send a note, send a text, send an email to Dale and say, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. Happy birthday. Make him feel really good and really uncomfortable. Please, for me. All right. Here's the thing, though. God is also a God of celebrations. I learned this when I was taking my church through the book of Leviticus. Now, I know for some of you, you you're just sitting there right now hearing that, going, you did what? I planned to spend two weeks on Leviticus. That was my plan. We were going to go into Leviticus. I was going to go, these are the laws for the people when they moved into Israel. They're not really our laws. Let's move on. And the next week, we'd have a test on it. Um, (laughs) and a friend of mine was reading Psalm 119, and he said, you know, David says the law is life to him, so maybe you should look deeper. 21 weeks we spent looking at Leviticus, and can I tell you, if you're looking for Jesus, it's an amazing book as you see God moving through each of his laws, but one of the things we did, we spent seven weeks of that 21 weeks Looking at celebrations. Do you know that God instructed his people by law, by law, to take off 30 days a year, not counting Sabbath days every week? 30 days just to celebrate. All that God had done, all that God was doing, all that God would do in and through them and for them, they were to celebrate all the time. Our God is a God who loves celebrations. In fact, as God called the people out of Israel, he started with a celebration. It was a feast. If you'll open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 12, Dale's been preaching through the book of Exodus, and we're in the story of the people as they get uh, set free from slavery. And Dale said something, you know what? I don't have my phone, and I'm going to forget what he said. I had a, I had a note, because he said it last week. 
So let me see if I can get this right. Because our God loves us, God uses things we can see, hear, touch, taste, and smell to demonstrate his love to us. And it's because he loves us. God gives us things that are tangible to understand him because he wants us to know him better. And so God gives us things that are tangible. And what God does here in Exodus chapter 12, excuse me, did I say 12? Yeah, 12. I'm right. All right. It's 1 Corinthians 11. We'll go there in a minute if you want to mark that. Um, <laughs> Exodus 12, God gives his people a tangible celebration to mark the beginning of their, of their transformation, their transformation from being the children of Israel to becoming the nation of Israel. The children of Israel are the descendants of Jacob. The nation of Israel are the people whose whole body and community were designed and geared by God to proclaim his name to the entire world. Now, the Bible doesn't always distinguish between those two terms, but I want you to know that something's about to change for the people of Israel as we mark into, march into Exodus 12. And what is about to change is so important that God gives them a feast to celebrate it before it happens. Pretty cool. And here's what he says. Exodus 12, starting in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year for you. So, first thing you got to recognize. This is a new beginning for the people of Israel. God is starting something new. He's doing something new in these people. And so he marks the day and he says, Ignore every calendar you've ever looked at before. This is your first of the month. This is your first of the year. This is when your year is to begin. It's this month that we're in right now. Now, you've got to understand what's been going on up to this point in this month. It is in this month that God has brought nine plagues on Israel, or excuse me, on Egypt, in order to get Israel free from slavery. God has been working on behalf of his people since even last month before, before this where he, was, he has been moving, he's been doing things to get the Egyptians to recognize that their gods are nothing, he is everything, and they need to release his people to go worship him in the desert. That's what the call is. So, they, as we know, Pharaoh's heart uh, gets hardened and Pharaoh doesn't want to let the people go because if he lets the people go, he doesn't have his slaves anymore, so he doesn't have any workers anymore. And God does one last thing, and he says, listen, I'm gonna do one more thing, and before I do, here's what I want you to do. I want you to mark this month. You need to know this time of year. This is going to be the start of your year from now until eternity ends. Okay, so it's a new beginning. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th of this month, 
On the 10th of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves according to their father's households and a lamb for each household. Now, I'm going to go on a little tangent here. Just so you know, the 10th of the month would be the 10th day after the last full moon. The months are marked by full moons. Does that make sense? Or maybe it's the last new moon. Excuse me, last new moon. The, the month begins when the moon, you get a new moon, you get a new month. So that's how they know it's the 10th day, okay? Last new moon. All right, so here we go. Now, if the household is small, for a, too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them. According to what each man should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old, whom, and you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Okay? You shall keep it until the 14th day. So, new moon... 10 days, and then on the 14th day. So what happens two weeks after the new moon? Anybody know? Anybody? It's a full moon. Okay, there's a full moon. All right. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts on the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat, eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of, the raw or bo- any of it raw or boiled with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its, le- and its legs, along with its entrails. So everything, put it all on there. And you shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. Now, I want to say something about celebrations just real quick. If you don't barbecue, you may not be doing it right. All right. Oh, and hot dogs count. The entrails were there. All right, here we go. Now, shall, now you shall eat it in a manner with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, here we go. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night. And will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now this day will be a memorial to you. So this feast had two purposes so far. First of all, it was a new beginning. Secondly, it's a memorial. So they're supposed to practice this every year. Here we go. And you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. This memorial was supposed to happen every year from the time they came out of Egypt until today. And what you need to know is there are a lot of Jewish people who practice Passover today. Okay? There are a lot of Jewish peoples who still follow this ordinance, and they should. They're Jewish. God gave this to them. However, there was a long period of time in Israel when they didn't. They gave it up. And it is one of the things that God calls them to account for when they go into exile. All right. It's a memorial, and you need to not miss it, he says. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. But on the first day, you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats anything leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from, from Israel. 
On the first day you shall have a holy assembly and another holy assembly on the seventh day. No work at all shall be done on them except what must be eaten by every person that alone may be prepared for you. You shall also observe the feast of unleavened bread for on this very day I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent ordinance. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. Seven days, there shall be no leaven found in your houses, for whoever eats what is leaven, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is an alien or a native of the land. You shall not eat anything leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. Okay, this gets really detailed, I know. We're about to get to the next point. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them. So Moses is now going to tell the people of Israel what God just told him and Aaron. He's going to repeat it. But you need to hear what Moses has to say as well. All right. Go take for yourselves a lamb according to your family and slay the Passover lamb. You shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood which is in the basin, and apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the lintel and and the two doorposts, and none of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning. Stay inside your house. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer destroyer to come into your house to smite you. Passover brought salvation for those who were under the blood. Passover brought salvation for those under the blood. And you shall observe this event and ordinance for you and your children forever. And when you enter the land which the Lord will give you, and as he has promised, you shall observe this right. Now listen to this, finally, verse 26. And when your children say to you, what does this right mean mean to you? You shall say, it is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord who has passed over the houses of the sons of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians but spared our homes. And the people bowed low and worshiped. Here's the last thing you need to know. Passover was a testimony. There are four reasons God gave his people this celebration. Number one, it was a new start. It was a new beginning. Number two, this celebration was supposed to uh, be a memorial. It was something that they would remember this day forever. And anybody, um, anybody not know this story? Is this new to anybody in here? Even if you don't attend church, you might have seen Carlton Heston standing in front of, you know, you guys remember that? All right. Some of you are young enough that you don't remember that. Um, There was another thing, uh, Prince of Egypt. Maybe you saw that one if you're too young, you know, cartoon, Israel. All right. Um, So this story has been told again and again and again throughout the ages. And not just by Jews. It's been told all around the world by different people. And not just by Christians and Jews. It's been repeated again and again and again because the memorial was there. The celebration was there. And the celebration reminds people again and again and again of what happened. And in this celebration was salvation. Now, for those who are under the blood, it was also a time of death. And sometimes people struggle with celebrations that celebrate death. There are times when I agree. 
It's October. We have a celebration in October that some people use to celebrate death. I drive by a house every day of my life that celebrates October 31st in just grotesque fashion. And I don't just mean that it's all about demons and ghouls and witches. They're blow-ups, gigantic blow-ups all over their yard. Their yard isn't big enough for all those blow-ups, and yet they celebrate this. And I would agree, that's a little bit too much for me. But the truth is, there are times when salvation only comes through death. Somebody dies to bring about salvation. In this case, it was a lamb. But for those who are under the blood, the death of the lamb was their salvation. And finally, Passover was a testimony. It, it was, if, if you've ever, has anybody ever seen this? If you've ever seen a Passover celebration, there is, there is statement after statement after statement in the way they eat the food and the things that they say that remind them of what God did for the people of Israel over and over again throughout this celebration, the, the Jews were reminded of everything God had done for them. And so they would practice this. They would, when they started doing it again, after a long time without doing it, it immediately reminded them of the stories that they'd heard of the people of Israel being set free again and again and again. You'll notice I made Nick move the table. Because God gave us a celebration. God gave us a celebration not unlike the Passover. In fact, it's so much like the Passover, he gave it to us at Passover. When Jesus sat to have Passover with his disciples, he took that event and that celebration that God had established for the Jewish people, for the Hebrew people, for the children of Israel, and he said, I want you to see there's more going on here than you've ever seen before. And he established a celebration for us, his new people. Those of us who would be transformed. We had not yet been turned into his people, but we were about to be. And he created a celebration that we still celebrate. We call it all kinds of things as Christians. It's been called Eucharist in some, of, some tribes, which just means Thanksgiving feast, which I think is actually kind of cool. It's been called the Lord's Supper in places as if the Lord only had the one. He had many. This was the special one. Understand, it's a special celebration. We typically, in our tribe, we, we typically call this communion. As in a sharing together with. As if there's something in this that we are supposed to do that includes all of us. Together. Communion. And the Bible gives us some instructions around communion because the people of the Corinthian church in particular had messed it up. They messed it up. And so God does this thing to turn our hearts 
And Paul gives this teaching to help us understand what this is. This is a celebration. Now, when I say to you, what is communion? I know some of you are thinking, well, it's that little flavorless wafer and some grape juice. Yes, it is. But there's so much more going on here. In fact, there is so much happening here, and this is such a deep and important celebration that for the Church of Christ and Christian Church, we practice what the New Testament church practiced, which is to celebrate it every, t- every time we gather together as a total community. Now, chances are the New Testament celebrated every time they got together, which means you have 10 people together in a home having a meal together. They would somehow celebrate this moment together even in those moments. Can you imagine Tuesday nights? That's not holy hour. Imagine if we celebrated this every day with other Christians. But when we gather together as a whole community, we celebrate this moment. That is our practice. It was the practice of the New Testament. We know that from this passage in 1 Corinthians 11 because Paul says, when you gather together, I don't have any good things to say to you. And then he gives them instruction. And so the assumption was every time they gathered together, they would do this. Now, let me tell you something. They would not do this. This is what we do. We have this beautiful table that says, this doing remembers me and these beautiful plates and that are, this is a symbol of what we're about to do. Let me be clear. This is nothing. It's a table with some plates on it. But what we're about to do is dynamically, spiritually effective for your lives because of four things. And they're all in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 when Paul gives his instruction. 1 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 23, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. There is salvation for us in communion. Now, there are some Christians who believe that when you take the bread in a holy manner, it actually transforms into the body of Christ. I'm not sure that's true. Personally, struggle with that a little bit. But here's what I will say. It's a good representation. And at Crossroads, we used to do it with the good bread. Every week we'd make fresh bread and we'd rip it. Oh, man. And when you see fresh, unleavened bread rip, you know what it looks like? Skin being ripped and torn. But every week, in the moment when we put that that cracker, that whatever, that unleavened bread into our mouth. There is something God wants to do in your heart to reignite that experience of his salvation. It is a moment of transformation for you and for me in our hearts and our minds. When God is doing something special. 
And if you will allow him to, you can find fresh salvation in every moment that we practice this celebration together. Sometimes we forget how important this is. Sometimes we get so used to doing it, you know, there's a, there's a bias that happens. You do something more than four times in a row, you start to lose the power. But the Bible says there's something special every time we do this. And the only way that happens is the Holy Spirit is ready to come and speak to your heart every time we do this. There's salvation in this celebration. Listen, he says, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after the, after the supper saying, this, is the, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is a memorial. We are to remember the death of Jesus Christ during this moment. Now, sometimes people say, especially outsiders who don't understand, and maybe you're new to our body, maybe you're not part of the Christian faith, maybe you're just young in the Christian faith and don't know all this, and you wonder, why do we celebrate the death? Because the death brought us salvation. And the death of the Lamb allowed the destroyer to be removed from our lives. And so every time we take this, every time we take the bread, every time we drink the cup, it is designed, it is intended by God for us to remember what he did for us. There are people who think we should stop putting crosses up everywhere. They just celebrate death. Listen to me. You may not glorify the cross, but I glory in what happened there because Jesus was there. Amen? Paul goes on. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is a testimony. This is a testimony. And when we practice this feast together, and as the men begin to pass the emblems into your hands... It's a testimony. It's a reminder. It's something that we not only take for ourselves, but when the world comes in and they go, why do y'all do that? Hey, open door. Tell them about Jesus. Take it. This is a chance for us to share the truth of Jesus' love for us every time we get it, anytime somebody asks that question. Because honestly, it's a little bit weird. It just is. The rest of the world doesn't do these kinds of things. It separates us, and yet it doesn't separate us so that we'll stay separated. It separates us so we can make a testimony. We can share with other people the truth. Finally, 27 says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the blood and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat the bread and drink the cup. This is supposed to be a new beginning. You see, I don't know about you. But I still struggle with sin. There are times when I look at my life and the struggle and strain and I make justifications for doing things I know I'm not supposed to do. Maybe I 
let my anger get the better of me and instead of being angry and not sinning, I get angry and sin. Sometimes, sometimes, I wake up in the morning and I don't make Jesus first in my life. I make my tasks, the things I got to get done that day. And there are days when I'm tired, I'm not focused on the Spirit, I may, maybe haven't spent enough time with the Lord, when a beautiful woman will walk by me, and I'll look twice, and I'll think things that God doesn't want me to think. And statistically, the number of people who objectify others through sexuality and pornography is growing in our country, both men and women. And if we don't talk about it, we're never going to get through it. And we're never going to be able to put it aside. But I struggle with that sometimes. Maybe not looking at other people's creations, but I can make them up in my own mind. Jesus said that if I look at a woman lustfully, I've already committed adultery in my heart. That's sin. And I don't want to do that. But every week, when we come together, there's this chance to start over. To say, Jesus, I don't want to be this person. And I know this week I haven't kept my mind pure and I know this week I haven't kept my words pure and I know this week Lord there are things I've done that are wrong and some of us believe that because of this passage when that happens and we recognize our sin we're not worthy of communion let me read this verse to you again a man must examine himself and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup guess what Nobody's worthy of communion. You weren't worthy of the death. You weren't worthy of Jesus' blood. And even though his blood covers you, you're not worthy now. None of us are. That's the point. That's the whole point of Jesus' death. I'm not worthy. But he loved me so much that he was willing to let men drive nails in his hands and in his feet and put a crown of thorns on his head. Before that, he let men beat him till he was unrecognizable as a man, the Bible says. But by his stripes, we are healed. And here at this gathering, Wilmington Church of Christ, on Sunday mornings, 
every service ends with this moment. And if we lose sight of what we're celebrating and we get caught up in other things, then the power of what God intends for this moment will get lost. Because in this moment, we proclaim Jesus' death as victory until he comes. So if you'll pray with me, I'm going to invite the men to come. And I want to encourage you, in this moment, examine your heart. But as you examine and you see the sin, because if you examine honestly, you will. Proclaim the victory of the cross and start new today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you teach us to celebrate things that we should remember, things that we should tell other people about. And God, this morning, as we proclaim your death and the victory of that death over our sin, the victory of that death over our brokenness, the victory of that death over the power of sin to work in us, to set us free completely from it, Lord. May we not lose sight of how important this moment is. And God, may we renew our commitment to make this time a time of celebration and a time of remembrance for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this ministry has impacted you, I ask that you would pray and consider partnering with us financially so that we could continue to minister here in our community and beyond. Visit us online at wcconline.org backslash donate to find out how you can be a part of what God is doing here. Thank you again for joining us, and I hope to see you back here next time.